Station. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Sheep Station Dynasty podcast. Joined by the usual suspects for the week, Pointer69. How are you? Yeah, Chris, as always, I'm good. I'm excited to be back. Have another go. <laughs> Have another go, eh? Chapter, chapter 4, episode 6. Rolling through this season pretty well. Guest 7J. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, excited to be getting into the the meaty part of the season where you've got to grind out those wins. It's uh, starting to get fun again. It's going to be crunch time for a few teams here that, uh, you know, maybe 0-4, 1-3. It's starting to get a bit dicey. Mm. Mm. It's always good to be 4-0. Uh, yeah, it is. In one league, at least. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, mind you, you got to... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's either uh, O or it's four. There's no other. Option. Yeah, see, the rebuild or win it. You know, <laughs> win it or bin it. They say, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, exciting stuff. Uh, another another week in the books, and I tell you what, it's still just providing us with these cracking games. Uh, hopefully, I'll just keep following Arizona's win streak and you know four and oh. What are your thoughts on those boys? Mate, they look pretty good, eh? Uh, on both sides of the ball, very strong. They beat some uh, some good teams now as well, so. They're true contenders, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's, yet people still don't want to put them top of the yeah, power rankings. I just don't, I don't want to believe it. I don't know why, <laughs> but I just don't want to believe it. People are just writing us off, and I think they're all right with it too because they're just, eh, whatever, write us off at your own peril, I guess. But Kyler Murray... I just think the Bills oof. have been better, but that, that's that's me. Hey, they lost a game. I think the only difference you can say is the, the Bills have sort of blown teams out completely, and I think, but then also the, the opposite would be that... The, um, the Cardinals have shown they can win against some in some tighter games against yeah. probably a little bit stronger competition, and the Bills also have lost. So, uh, yeah, it, it is tough to see when you look at it. Like, how is a team that's undefeated and also beat like beat the Rams, who everyone was saying Super Bowl contender a week ago? Yeah, uh, not yeah. Uh, <laughs> not saying, yeah, this guy, these guys are going to not just yeah. yeah, not just like win the Super, like, make the Super Bowl. They're going to win the Super Bowl, and then Cardinals beat them. Everyone's like, oh no, nah, it's just a fluke, like. <laughs> four four games in a row. Like, what do you want from us? How much more do we need to do? <laughs> but yeah, look, we'll, uh, we'll keep doing. Seventeen, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, seventeen games. We'll win the Super Bowl, and they'll be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <okay> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, look, good fun this week. Uh, big week coming up for the the Bills. Speaking of against the Chiefs, that's going to be an absolute barn burner. Again, it's going to be thousands yeah. of points scored. Uh, but yeah, look, that's that's next week. You hope so, anyway, right? Yeah, that's my whole team in Chiefs one, right? Bills and the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> good two, good two teams to have all the players off. I reckon. So. Yep. Yeah, look, uh, big show coming up. You as are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready for your beer, or did you even bring your beer? Oh yeah, no, but I left it in the fridge. Holy crap! <laughs> got it. Well, got to be cold and crisp, so I'll just run and grab it. All yeah. right. Um, <laughs> what about some of the other games, Moz? What else took you fancy this week? Uh well, the Chiefs are Chiefs are. I suppose they're they're good on one side of the ball, right? Bad on the yeah, other side. Which, still can't defend. And I think that's going to be their downfall this year. That, they that's, just that just makes stop it leaking points. Better for fantasy, right? I think you want it, like the fact they're not great on defense is making them have to do more on offense, which leads to more points. Yep, too right. Um, you know, even uh, the Jets sneaking out a win against the Titans. Yeah, who, you know, both New York teams, both New York teams came up good. I think this Go could be, Giants. especially for both of them, you know, getting a win on, under the belt takes a little bit of the pressure off and in terms of needing that first win and allows them to concentrate on just playing, you know, their game plan against other teams. They, they're not out there competing for the first win. Now they're trying to, you know, build a season and hopefully we see both those teams continue to perform well. I think the Giants definitely 
look like um I think they're the second best close. team in the division, I reckon. Like Dallas and the Giants. I think that's that's where we are right now. But yeah, dunno. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's a, it's a it's competitive. It's a, it's competitive this year, which is better than last year, which was just yeah. a bit of a shit fight. But uh, uh, poor effort from the Browns and Vikings in terms of points scored. <sighs> bit of a shocking game actually to watch. Yeah. Uh, a bit, bit boring. A lot of uh, not much doing. Fourteen seven. I mean, three touchdowns is a bit of a yawn, right? Everyone was expecting heaps of points and just didn't happen. You yep. as you're the, the local Browns fan. <laughs> It's, I mean, I guess they were down a few options, um, especially Landry, yeah. um, which probably hurt. I, I think it was just a real frustrating game from both sides. They, yeah, I sort of came out and the Vikings score a touchdown immediately. I'm like, here we go. This yeah. is what I wanted to see. And then Adam Thielen has one target at halftime and still has one target going into the final drive of the game or something. And it's just like, ah, okay, this was a fizzled out real quick <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, yeah definitely alright mate ready yep always oh yeah not bad not bad alright so distant but sounded good this week we've got the uh, the green beacon pardon me is the green beacon it's the brewery right. and uh, it is an apricot and peach hazy sour what is ale. happening <laughs> what is happening do you guys know what a beer is I mean, full power to whoever you said this beer brewing company was, but why is apricot and peach in a beer? What yeah, carefully selected world? by my wife. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, just particularly for this uh, segment. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, so combined metrics, it's uh, 5.0 ABV, uh, 375 mils, and 1.5 standard drinks. You guys like your and powerful beers, hey? Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to get something crazy... <laughs> uh, like this, you expect it to be high alcohol. Yeah, Given right. it a smell, honestly, smells like a cider. So uh, <laughs> let's see what it tastes like. Would you have it in cider? Um, sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yep, it's uh, it's exactly what I expected from a, a sour. Uh, so it, yeah, definitely a sour beer here. Uh, it's uh, got a little bit of that citrusy kind of yeah apricot and peach that that sounds about spot on <laughs> um do i have to go with a player can it just be a general nfl just nfl comp? just anything mate whatever you want yeah, whatever cool. floats your boat we don't really have you know, so i'm actually guidelines. gonna i'll tell you about the can first as well it's oh, a, yeah. sort of like a peach color with um some peachy apricot of, color silver or? and gold uh, i would call the color peach so yeah, yeah. um and uh, yeah, just some white text on it. So pretty simple. Um, I'm going to go with Matt Nagy as my cop oh. here. Um, just trying to pretend it's something that it isn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, if if you're into sours, I'm sure you probably like this beer. It's not it's not a terrible sour. I've had worse, but um, it's uh, yeah, just not for everyone. It says it's beer on the label, but I, I'm pretty sure it's just cider. So yeah. <laughs> So it wouldn't fit in my wheelhouse, you're saying? Was... No, nah, like it's a late round flyer, this beer, and um, yeah, right. yeah fourth, fourth pick. Four, fourth, fourth round, round what, late round? Late fourth round? Early fourth round? Uh, any fourth rounds, they're all the same. Yeah, right. So you just throw it in as a trade sweetener. Yeah, basically. <laughs> or sourer. Sourer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, sounds horrendous and sounds like something that can stay in your fridge and mouth. <laughs> Will. Still unsponsored, 
still waiting for that <laughs> local brewery <laughs> to hit us up. Uh, I'm sure they're they're trying to find us on on Twitter. It's uh, at Cheap Station Pod for those that are playing at home with their you know little breweries in their backyards. Just just hit us up. You know we're looking for cartons of beer to drink, and clearly we wrap every single beer we have. Uh, we're talking about. Quite just don't send us so. a sour problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, send us a beer that actually tastes like, you know, somewhat like beer and we'll be right. Yeah. Uh, all right, next segment, Rookie of the Week. Here we go, let's rip in. Peter, we're going to start with you because you was already talking us talk too much and I've already talked too much. So, Pete, let's go. What do we got, mate? Start all right, so I'm, I hit my three points up this week with uh, Devonta Smith, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 122 yards against the Chiefs. I think, you know, wicked defense, but he came out to play. Uh, the, for me, it was the most he targets he'd seen all season, which... Probably something I like to see, and I think just with the other competition, he it was his first game, sort of, to come out and and show it. So I think I'm happy with him there in my three. Uh, if I threw in my two, are we going through all the, all of them for me? Oh yeah, mate. We might as well just roll roll through the. Yeah, three just because, like you said, you talk too much. Uh, it's my yeah, turn. absolutely. <laughs> uh, Mr. Harris, uh, second, uh, sixteen attempts, sixty-two yards, and a tutty, six receptions on seven targets for twenty-nine yards. So I think those those receptions are what's keeping him really afraid, especially in a PPR league, right? Mm. Uh, he did get the touchdown. He probably hasn't been the most effective yards per carry, uh, but, you know, nothing you're complaining about in terms of volume because that volume is what sort of builds your consistency on a fantasy team. And if you have a bad week like this when they they didn't play very well and he still gets you, I think, what was the fantasy points he put up? Like 17 or something. 17, yeah. yeah you're not, you're not complaining. It's, it's not a five or anything, right? Um, so you're pretty happy with that. And my last uh, threw in uh, Trey Lance here. I think uh, he came on after Garoppolo got hurt, um, albeit chasing the game. I think there's a lot of good things to see out there from him. He, he converted a lot of third downs and fourth downs. So be interested to see how he can go if they can put him in to start a game and build the offense around him. So, you know, that's my one point for this week. Are you contractually obliged to put Najee Harris as two points because you married into the Harris family? Or? Yeah, I think there's a secret relation there. <laughs> Is this true or...? Uh, no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, um, you as you can you can go next, mate. Yep. I uh, went with another Eagles player at three. I went with Kenny Gainwell. I think um, he showed that he's a startable asset in fantasy this week, so I really wanted to get him in there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just a, a heap of action for him. Um, six six receptions on eight targets is exactly what you want to see. They're really just not using Miles Sanders at all. Um, and I think he's sort of starting to head in the right direction. Of I don't think he'll ever take over, but um, yeah, definitely one of those 1A, 1B type of situations where you can, you know, depending on the team, sometimes the pass catcher is more valuable, sometimes the runner is more valuable, and in this situation, it seems like the pass catcher is. So, two points to Trey Lance as well. Um, Twenty points in a half of football. Can't argue with that from a quarterback. So, um, he doesn't look like the best quarterback in the world, but if he's going to do that for you for fantasy, that's exactly what you want. That running cheat code, and uh, I'm going to put one point for my Giants boy Kadarius Tony. Um, I didn't want to give him too many points because I don't know how much of this was him and how much of it was the fact that they didn't have anyone else on the field other than Kenny G. So, um, yeah, good to see him. He's he's pretty electric. His change of direction is incredible. Um, hopefully they start to get him more involved now and I think this is really make or... This is the make or break 
week for him if he's if he's good again this week uh, they're not going to be able to keep him out of the team he's going to get rid of uh one of the other guys and probably Slayton and uh yeah take over from here on out yeah, look, here, we're pretty similar here, uh, you as and I. Uh, Trey Lance has got my three just because of you know lack of preparation. This guy's come in halfway through a game and uh, pretty. Oh, I wouldn't say balled out, but you know nine completions on 18 attempts is is pretty good. Two touchdowns in there as well. One of them was a bit of a broken play to uh, to a Debo Samuel, and he kind of just ran it in for 75 yards. But uh, you know seven rushes as well as you said that cheat code's definitely helpful. Uh, 41 yards for that. So you know if you have a baseline of you know 4.1 points just in rushing, you. you you get a bonus on top, right? So, uh, off off minimal preparation of being the starter and to come in and, and do some work, it was good. Uh, good to see Kenny Gamewell got my two. Um, yeah, as you guys have already spoken about, or you as you already spoke about. Um, I don't know what the go is at Miles in. There's lots of talk that he's just not a fit for this system. Um, but you know those receptions, as you said, were good. And Kadarius Tony also got my one. So we uh, same plays, different order. Um, I just gave him one point because he was one rush on one yard, so one point, right? So Fair enough. That's how that worked. But no, nah, he did look good, very, very shifty. I mean, he caught the ball once and just kind of burnt around three or four players and kind of danced around and just confused them, put him in a little spell for a little while there. So he definitely passes the eye test, but uh, can't see it happening too much with um, uh, Shepard and Slayton coming back, I suppose. But might just keep working him in the return game and stuff like that. But, you know, there's, if there's opportunity there, if one of those guys is out for a long time, I think you'll take it by the head. Take it by the balls and, and run with it. So that's our rookies of the week, as you all should know by now. If you're regular listeners, which is all of you, uh, obviously all of these scores go to our rookie of the year, which is going to remain a mystery from a couple of us, unless we can do some maths, which seeps uh, until the end of the year. So good on your uh, viewers for tracking all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so sorry, mate. Uh, main uh, main talking point for the week. We're going to do some trending or ending, or if you want to call it buy or sell, or you know buy low, sell high, or if you want to call it just uh, players to watch slash go and get slash sell slash what are you going to do if you're winning or, or losing? Poito, run us through it, mate. What's the what's the plan here, bud? Oh, so I broke this down into sort of three different categories. One being the rookies. Uh, two is uh, I think players that were under 27 years of age and. The third was the 27 years and older. And I think like the logic there being like, we're, one, we're looking at the rookies because we're trying to see how they're performing and what's going to happen there on after or what, what what are we sort of looking at? And the next is, I guess, those players in, the, in that prime um, and the guys that are sort of either struggling there or up are starting to really hit their straps. And then the last one, sort of that, that older that older pool of players that, that can be like, I think it's sort of in there. There's like the two points as... These guys that are uh, in end, end of their prime, or the guys that are sort of right at their end of their careers but are performing well, and uh, sort of the, the idea of uh, what our thoughts are on, on both those sets. Yeah, fair enough. Yep, I think there's a lot of different strategies for a lot of different people in terms of how they value all of these. So, try and give you some some options and some things to think about, I suppose. So, who are we starting with, mate? Oh, if I start with the guys that I have here, my first one is to to buy Michael Carter. Uh, I think if you look at the Jets running back shares, his snap percentage is sort of now up there with Ty Johnson. Um, and I definitely started low the first few weeks and now he's definitely floating up to nearly 50%. So he's the guy that I, I think at the moment, the Jets get their first win. They're starting to gel. They're a new team, new head coach. Uh, I think they're starting to work out who's the most damaging and who's the best player to have there. And it's definitely uh, Michael Carter. And I think the early weeks of their poor performances 
especially in the run game, might start to uh, be a distant memory. I'm not saying he's going to come out and smash it, but I think now's a chance to, to get him if you wanted him before he has those weeks where he's put up 20-plus points two weeks in a row and it's too late. Yeah, 100% agree with this one. Um, if you don't have Michael Carter on your roster, um, you probably sort of just been swept along with Jets running back suck and not really look too closely. I, um, in Sheeps 2, actually had to play him in week two and he gave me 10.8 points in a PPR and it didn't kill me and it was my best running back that I could play because I was without Josh Jacobs. Um, so don't regret that at all and it, it certainly like opened my eyes to the fact that, yeah, he's definitely, his role is increasing at the moment and, um, He's definitely he's he's probably not going to take over and become a workhorse because I just it's not realistic in this system with Sailor. But um, yeah, I think that he's definitely earning the trust of the coaching staff, and he's yeah sooner or later they're going to play an easier matchup, and he's going to score some points. Yeah, look, he was he was one of our one of our kind of guys we looked at in the off season. We liked the look of him. Um, if he's getting these kind of opportunities, then yeah, as as Pete said, you got to get him before that. 20-point game because then everyone will want first and plus to come and get him. So, yeah, now's definitely a good opportunity to buy him. If, if his snap percentage keeps uh, increasing as it has been over the last couple of weeks, uh, yeah, look, sky's the limit for him, that's for sure. And hopefully the Jets, you know, hopefully just winning that game gives them a bit of momentum, right? And they can they can build off it and, you know, even next year keep making improvements and uh, and then Michael Carter will be a big part of it. So, yep, great call. The more they're in the games, the more chance they have of... Um you know, given the running back touches and him being involved, I think that's that's valuable for him. And like, if I look at the opportunity share, he's taken the like when he's on the field, he's got the highest chance of being used out of all three. So, they, when when they put him out there, they're going to use him. And I think as he's more games go on, and like Chris said, the more favorable matchups he get, he's going to actually start putting up some points. And at the moment, perhaps it might you might be able to you know someone might be thinking, oh, they get a you give a first for him now. So I might take it, but in a few weeks' time, like you said, Chris, there's not going to be opportunity to... Like, it's going to be first plus more. Yeah. So uh, if you're feeling confident, go for it now because I think he's going to be definitely, the, the of these two guys that I have here, the, the one that's going to... Uh, it's going to change be quickly. Obtainable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, who you got next, mate? Keep rolling through them. Next was another running back, uh, is Javante Williams here. I have him, basically a similar opportunity, similar thing. He's, he's taken more of the share away from, from Melvin Gordon. Um, I think my my concern would be Teddy Bridgewater being down. He's not going to be someone you're going to want with uh, Drew Locke as quarterback who just came out and really did not look very good um, as a backup. I think especially you could see it on some of the players' faces, especially Cortland Sutton sort of looked like he'd... Uh, he wasn't having a bar of it when Drew Locke came out. Like he was just... The passes were long and he, he didn't really put in the effort in after that so I think the team isn't really rallied around him either so it's not a good thing for the Broncos and I think hopefully um, it might give us the opportunity to say see him perform not so good in a few weeks with without Bridgewater if he is out in the concussion protocol so that's a plus in terms of price drop but I think just there's going to be next season Melvin Gordon is not going to be there or definitely not going to be the main guy they might if they bring him back he's going to be the two um, so it's an opportunity now to sort of get in ahead of uh, the breakout week for him and, and try and sort of make the move now. Yeah, did you see that run where he just kind of steamrolled five or six guys? He just he was carrying he was, like three guys on his back. Yeah, it was crazy. I, he's a lot bigger than uh, what I remember watching 
um, in our in our off-season scouting kind of thing. He's he's a kind of a chunky little guy. Uh, but yeah, that was an impressive run. Um, if he can kind of keep that those kind of plays up, he's going to impress the coaching staff and and obviously give himself more more ball time. I guess. Um, what are we looking at? Fifty percent of snaps by the looks of it in the last week. So yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, you know, not not the best in the. I suppose three targets is you know nothing to sneeze at. Three receptions, caught all the balls, didn't take him for very much. But you know, not a not the greatest quarterback as he said. So. Yeah, sky's the limit for Javante Williams for next year, so try and get him now, I suppose, before he's, his price is seven first from Straco. Yeah, I mean, what you really want is a running back with, as Chris Morris said, more ball time. That's uh, that's mm. pretty cool for a running back. But what, you, um, what else do you want to call it? Uh, you don't like over. a bit of you don't like a little ball time. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's quite afternoon <laughs> on a Sunday morning. <laughs> bit of ball. Uh, this is a, it's not as bad as the uh, the commentator from yesterday's game who just was completely obsessed with saying this is the deepest penetration that the Raiders have had all night. <laughs> he said it like four times. It was ridiculous. Um, Love a bit of that with the ball time, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. That I think this is next year's play. Um, they've both been very good, both Gordon and Williams. So I think you're going to continue to see Melvin Gordon unless he gets hurt, which. And it's not a non-zero chance, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I do think it's uh, not a non-zero. That, that yeah, that's double negative. <laughs> um, I do think this is a a chance to buy him, but yeah, if if they're both healthy, I think you'll see you'll continue to see this split throughout the whole year. So yeah. All right, I'll um I'll just roll one off here just because uh, opportunity is there. It's just I suppose I don't know the the connection isn't there. It's Terrace Marshall. I've been on about this guy for a fair bit. Um, it's probably going to sound a bit like a broken record, but uh, this guy's playing seventy percent of snaps at the moment. Um, and for a, a rookie wide receiver in a, an offense that's moving the ball really really well, uh, considering what everyone thought was going to happen with this team, uh, there's only a matter of time, I guess. Uh, you know, only one catch last week. It's a good opportunity to buy low. Uh, the hype kind of was there a little bit at the start of the season. Um, he's he's improved or increased the amount of snaps since the start of the year as well. He's gone from 50 up to 70%. So it's only a matter of time before those targets kind of eventuate. Um, Good-looking wide receiver, a little bit underrated in, in this year's class. Uh, so, you know, if those snap percentages start to turn into targets, then you're going to see this guy's um, production increase. And this is probably the lowest you can get him off a game where he's only caught uh, one ball for two yards. Um, so, you know, now's the time to kind of cash in on him if you're a big fan of him. Or if you're in a rebuild team, um, you're building for the next couple of years, uh, you can definitely do better than buying low and, uh, sorry, do worse than buying low and, uh, on Terrace Marshall. You guys uh, have any thoughts about this one? It's a bit of a sneaky one. I threw it in the back end here. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a bit hard to tell, isn't it? Because yeah, he hasn't really done a heap yet, so I I really don't know what to make of the team at all. Um, they they've been pretty good, but is it real or is it just a bit of a hot run and they're gonna disappear later on in the year or is this is this what they are now? So yeah, I. I, he's in my probably not looking to buy him, not looking to sell him. I'd just be kind of seeing what happens for a bit longer. His uh, strength of schedule is really, really good. Well, the the Panthers' strength of schedule is pretty good. Um, you know, there's there's this 
always this talk of uh, Sam Darnold can't keep rushing the ball in for touchdowns, which you would we'd assume he's going to regress. I mean, the guy is still looking very, very good in the passing game as well. He's, he's averaging kind of the 36, 37 attempts uh, across each game this year, throwing a couple of touchdowns as well. So eventually these targets will come. So And, and this is the kind of guy that you know, has the hands and has the ability, the route running ability to actually make that stick. So I don't know, there's there's a lot of, you know, DJ Moore movement going on at the moment. He's, he's receiving a lot of targets, making a lot of yards, scoring a few touchdowns, which is uh, an improvement from last year. But, you know, the coverage might start to shift towards DJ Moore a little bit, which opens things up for both Marshall and Robbie Anderson to, to maybe uh, to cash in. And we might even talk about Robbie Anderson a little bit later, I'm pretty sure, but uh, well, maybe even, maybe not. But uh, yeah, that's just one one of my trade targets. If I'm in a rebuilding team and I'm trying to to get one of these younger players that has the opportunity or might have the opportunity very soon, he's someone I'm looking for. Have we got a little bit of time to talk about Sam Darnold? Yeah, we can talk about Sam Darnold. Why not? Yeah, because this is something interesting I just heard on the way home from JJ Zacharyson, um, and he was talking about how Sam Darnold. Um, a lot of people are going to look at him and see that he's got five rushing touchdowns in four weeks and think, yep, regression, he's not going to be exactly what he was. So what he was talking about was the way drives are finishing. So at the moment, their drives are ending in a touchdown because Sam Darnold's running it in. If Sam Darnold stops running it in, there's still a pretty high chance that he could pass it to someone else and Mm -hmm. he still ends up with four points instead of six in, in most leagues. So, yeah, I think... This is a little bit real. Um, it's not completely just nothing for Sam Darnold. I think that it's not just rushing touchdowns. He is looking really, really good. Yeah, that's um, the thing. They've got a good plan for him. So it is pretty exciting about him. And the other thing he said was he talked about his touchdown rate, and his touchdown rate at the moment is 3.8%. Which is which low, right? It's super low, obviously, but that's because he's run in five touchdowns, right? Yeah. So... This is one of the things that I almost put in as a talking point this week is just that don't get too wrapped up in touchdown percentage. People take like this average touchdown percentage for a quarterback that is sort of 6% or whatever it is and then they talk about what Tom Brady's career average is and they say this is this guy's playing better than Tom Brady and stuff. If you take every quarterback in the league and just average out their touchdown percentage of course, it's in the middle of what everyone does. No shit. Like, some of them are not good, some of them are good. So if you look at individually a group of really good quarterbacks, you probably find that their touchdown percentage is heaps higher. Whereas if you look at some of the guys that aren't throwing a lot of touchdowns and don't have great careers, it's probably going to be a lot lower. So yeah, just that was... I wanted to get that one off my chest because I hate (laughs) the touchdown. I hate the touchdown rate regression talk. It really just... it. You look at... Russell Wilson, his touchdown rate is always higher than average because he's an efficient quarterback and he throws deep balls all the time. It's it's There's so many dependent factors on it. Um, Lamar Jackson's touchdown rate that year was out of control. That's because the running game was doing all of the yards and he was just throwing touchdowns in the red zone. It's There's so many factors that affect it and it's it really doesn't have a lot to do with regressing to the mean. It has a lot to do with what type of player it is. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. It's always something that's kind of grown in my gears a little bit as well. And, uh, you know, I think you've, you've summed it up pretty well. But, uh, all right, let's keep moving through these. We're, we're taking Sorry, a bit of time on these. But, no, that's <laughs> that's fine. It's a good argument to, to bring up. So Yeah, I think... Can uh, I talk on, about on my giant? One, I've got one thing quickly, is that I think there's also the, the point that he hasn't been out of... When they get in the red zone, they've needed him to, like, scramble or run money. And it hasn't necessarily been, you know destroying teams in the red zone like you see some of these really good teams do where they just you know they set up the right play design and it's an easy touchdown um 
there's a little bit of luck that sort of that sort of fall there that way for me, and it's something that I wouldn't be too. At the moment, it's all right, but I'd like to see them improve in terms of, uh, you know, being a bit more efficient in the red zone without relying on a, a Sam Darnold running. I will just add, he has the third most designed runs for a quarterback so far this year. So, Jeez. it's not as fluky as it might seem, but yeah. Yeah, you'd like to see a bit more separation from receivers, right? So I suppose he doesn't have to scramble around. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's good end, to see, maybe. It's good to see another uh, Adam Gase product. Uh, turning his life around, I guess, because let me tell you, uh, there was some question marks over him coming into this season. I think he's kind of smashed him out of the park. So good on him. I'll see him down. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Someone's written down Rondell Moore. I'm not too sure who it was. I think it was probably Poyter. It was definitely no? you. Yeah. It definitely wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was yeah, me. I can't you... even remember. No, I think I put him down there. He's someone that I think is interesting. Yeah. Uh, he's had that, you know, flash in the pan. We, um, he's still seen a bit of targets, but hasn't quite let, like... Uh, been a focal point in that offense as much as we might have hoped. I think they've got a lot of uh, wide receiver weapons in that room and it's sort of difficult to pick the guy that's going to be the one that, that scores the fantasy points week in, week out. Uh, you being the the resident Cardinals fan, Moz, what do you think of him? I uh, rewatched this game again today just because, you know, it's beating the Rams. It's 4-0. and it's, 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 fun. it's fun to be a Cardinals fan at the moment. Uh, Kyler Murray's just, just a freak. Um, some of these players he's coming out with is outstanding. But one thing that I will note on Rondale Moore, the uh, the opportunities are there. They're actually uh, designing plays around this guy. Uh, they, they had him lined up in the backfield with Chase Edmonds, uh, with James Connor. They had him shifting all around the formation. They were, you know, running fake jet sweeps and, you know, giving him targets and they're using him in the return game. So they obviously want to give this guy the ball, right? He's, he's an electric, he's super fast. Super fast guy. Um, so this is a great opportunity to buy low off. Low off the fact that you can see him do it on limited snaps, right? In those those first few weeks, he was doing it on say thirty to forty percent of the snaps. So you know, if AJ Green, Christian Kirk, their contract years, right? So you know they might not be back next year. Who knows what's going to happen in this wide receiver room? You might see him all of a sudden jumping up to the eighty percent snap share next year. Um, what, what what's he going to do with eighty percent when this is what he's doing with say forty percent? You know what I mean? So I think he's a, he's a great buy target. Um, just watching him, yeah, he's definitely passed the eyeball test for sure. So I'll agree with whoever wrote this down. <laughs> I still kind of think, and like this is what this class was, like we're about to talk about someone else who's very similar. And um, Rondell Moore, even if you're probably right, but the Cardinals are going to bring in two more wide receivers and they're going to continue to have a lot of wide receivers in their room because that's the kind of, play like that's what's working for them at the moment they're spreading Mm. the ball around Hopkins isn't getting a ton of targets and so I think yeah you probably will see his snap share rise eventually I just I think they're really hyper targeting him with that sort of specific role in mind and I still I don't see it as like a vacated targets means more for Rondell Moore I think it'll mean more for whoever fills in that person's shoes but yeah, there's definitely still a little bit of meat on the bone to grow into. Mm, yeah, definitely. And, uh, Even if it's only like a twenty to thirty percent increase, like, you know, you know, you move up from thirty to sixty percent. There's there's more opportunity for him, right? And he's doing this yeah. on thirty percent. So, yeah, look. Um, well, I just had a point, but it's completely skipped my mind. Anyways, play on. We're going to talk about <laughs> Kadarius Tony, my Giants boy. Yeah, let's go. Um, yeah, so sort of a similar player, right? And he he had his opportunity this week, and yeah, he was pretty electric with it and yeah it's another short area target run with the ball kind of player so you got Jalen Waddle as well 
doing similar things but not making plays because Miami's just not very good at the moment. And um, yeah, I think it's it's super exciting. And if if he's gonna if he's earned himself a shot to do what Rondell Moore's been doing at the start of the year, even when the guys come back, just play a low snap percentage, but get a lot of targets and get him the ball early and let him make some plays. He's going to be a very usable fantasy asset real quick. So, yeah. Yep, I'd agree with this one. Uh, I, I think I just picked him up in in one league just because there were some dudes that were like, oh, I'm sick of waiting for Kadarius Tony. I'm like, he's four years into his, four games into his career, mate. Like, calm down. You can't expect him to hit straight away with, you know, Shepard and uh, and Golladay in front of him kind of thing. So just just settle down. There's already people that are panicking over these these rookies, and it's funny to watch because you can just snap them up for kind of seconds and thirds now as opposed to trying to pay the first that you probably paid to begin with. Um, it's quite funny to watch. But, uh, Petey, anything on Tony, mate? Well, I think... One thing I didn't think about, it, it did seem like he got more of the Sterling Shepard targets, perhaps, um, than the Darius Slayton. Uh, so I think that's probably something that I am a little bit more concerned about going forward, that I think they're going to, if he's going to be effective, they're going to really have to use him, like um, Chris had just said, in like a similar mould to Rondell Moore, I have to really focus on using him as opposed to just having him on the field. I think the Giants have if they're all healthy, a fairly decent wide receiver room, right? And they've all done something so far this mm. season. I think Kenny Golladay really stu- stood up and they really used him to his strengths this week, uh, which we hadn't seen with the other guys before. So it, it could be a point that's real interesting to see who is the guy week to week. And it might not be someone that's sort of straightforward and easy, especially with how that offense is looking. They've got a lot of weapons. I think it probably moves more into the next guy that I had, uh, Daniel Jones being... He's someone that I think is uh, very valuable in fantasy football at the moment with those receivers he has, the fact they're starting to get the ball rolling, Saquon's back to being healthy. Um, he runs the ball with such a high floor. Like His completion percentage is up over his career. His yards per attempt's up over his career. Uh, his rushing yards is nearly going to be a point where he's going to have a lot more than he has last season. So it'll be very interesting to see how he can finish rest of season. But... Uh, averaging 23.8 fantasy points per game this year. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, I think the the Giants are a little bit underrated in terms of their receiving core. I don't know. Everyone just kind of just says, you know, oh, Shepard, you're not going to pay much for Shepard, but his volume's been outstanding. I think they're, they're a bit sneaky. They can move the ball well. Um, they'll start to score points soon. I think your Giants here. You're, you're, the, you're the Giants, man. What are your thoughts on, on this Daniel Jones call from Pete? You don't. You never want to get excited about the Giants because they'll <laughs> let you down. But... Um... <laughs> It is hard not to be. Like, they're, they're a competitive team. That's what they are. I don't think they're going to, you know, probably won't make the playoffs. They might just squeeze in if they do, but they're, they're not a contender in by any stretch of the imagination. But they're this team that's going to not suck, basically, I guess. <laughs> so I think the Panthers were a bit like this last year where they they were gritty. They, they made teams earn their wins. So I think that's what they're going to be every week this year that they're able to put on put up points to an extent but they haven't been so i think daniel jones just needs a few things to go his way he's probably flipped himself a little bit where he had a a bit of an issue with turnovers oh massive issue massive yeah. issue. and he's that. he's really turned that around like he he threw a pick but it was on the on stroke of half time hail mary um it, didn't mean anything. It was pretty much just a punt. Let's and, call it um, zero picks. 
Yeah, so he's not turning the ball over, he's running really effectively, and he's got great weapons on his team. He's got Saquon, he's got Kenny Golladay, who he can chuck it deep to. Evan Ingram's come back, we'll see what he is. I've never really been a huge fan of him, but um, he's another target in the offense, and he's, he's a solid tight end wide receiver, hybrid type player. And then, yeah, three, like, I think Sterling Shepard is, like, the sort of Jarvis Landry type. I He's perennially underrated and um, gets a heap of targets, which is exactly what you want. So he's a he's a great option in fantasy if you can if you need a a player in a deeper league. Um, he's definitely a starter every week. Don't lock it in, forget about it. So yeah, I'm into right, so it. We're into the the players under twenty seven zone here, Pete. Uh, do you have any any other targets you're looking at this player under twenty seven that you want to bring up that are kind of I wouldn't say controversial, but uh, are talking points? No, that was my, he was my main one that I got here. I think Chris that had put a, put a few down and said he was uh, strong for this segment. But uh, I think who's if I look at the next yeah, five, I chucked a few here. of these down. Um, yeah, Chris just, let's just skim through a, a couple that are that are a bit quick. Yeah, we'll so go through a few. Chris that are Godwin just, here, you know, right? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I just think he 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 has to me that he's just he's still reliable. He's still getting targets. Um, he's just not necessarily performing well. I think he's someone that I'd be might be looking to buy because I think things will turn around. He's a good enough player that's played with multiple quarterbacks and still put up decent points so I think he's someone that if if the owner of him currently is a bit concerned it might be a good opportunity um, to buy especially with you know how Tom Brady's sort of heavy focused a couple of these other um, wide receivers and you know and Gronk in the team I think there's going to be a time in a week when they start to really get Chris Godwin involved and their run game isn't powerful enough that they're going to go and lean on that week in week out against teams I don't even think even if they find a team that like Detroit, they're going to try and run on. They're still going to pass the ball heavily. So he's someone that's definitely, for me, I'd say a buy. Yeah, good. Okay, so that I was think... what I was trying to think of here when I was thinking uh, players under 27 that you know people are going to be looking at and thinking, hmm, what do I do with this guy? I was thinking Chris Goblin uh, hasn't put up massive points. Had those targets at the start of the 14 targets in his first game, and then it's kind of dropped way off from there. So you could say he's just a buy now because he hasn't put up. You was, I just interrupted you. Sorry, mate. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I think... The other week we talked about wide receivers moving teams, right? And most of them aren't going to be better in a different situation. Chris Godwin is the exception to that rule. He's He has all the talent in the world. He's going to be great no matter where he is. At the moment, what Pete said is, is Gronk and Antonio Brown have kind of come into town and taken away his volume, basically. Or his reliable volume, I guess. Five, seven, five targets is, is not going to... It's not the sort of wide receiver one type of volume you want to see. But yeah, if anything goes wrong, his value is going to, with any of those players and Gronk out now, there's a bit of potential. Yeah, he's just going to shoot through with huge games because he's on a great offense that just unfortunately spreads the ball around to too many players to make them all reliable. All right, let's roll through a few here that we're looking players under 27. Uh, is this a buy-low opportunity on Calvin Ridley? You as you're the Calvin Ridley owner in Sheep's One. What are your thoughts on him at the moment? The Falcons are terrifying. Um, they're just... Them and the Pittsburgh Steelers are very similar, so we could even group Deontay Johnson in here mm-hmm. with him. 
it's just there's no depth of target at all. They're just exactly, not. Yeah. Neither of the quarterbacks are taking any risks whatsoever, and it's just completely shot their upside in the foot. Like they're just just gone. Ridley's not getting those. You know, he, he used to get 13 targets, but you know, four of them were 40 yard passes, and he'd catch two of them. So he was going over 100 yards every week. Now he's getting like nine catches for 60 yards, and you you're just sitting there going. Well, in a half PPR, this is not going to win me a week ever. And he's he's not getting touchdowns either, which is a bit frustrating. They'll come. So there's room for him to grow. But I just, I don't know what the Falcons are doing. I don't know if they're going to realize that, you know, what Arthur Smith wants Matt Ryan to do is not what Matt Ryan wants to do, or Matt Ryan doesn't have it anymore. I don't know what it is, but... Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the... The coaching change, like, you know, he came from the Titans where he was really uh, play-action-based, right? So he's trying to bring that into Atlanta where their running game isn't exactly stellar. So he's still trying to bring in this play-action where they haven't developed the run yet. Uh, mm. And that's probably having an effect on the overall offense. So, you know, the, for some reason, Cordaro Patterson just seems to be their entire, entire offense at the moment. I mean, a couple of touchdowns, a few touchdowns last week. And, you know, I don't know. It's it's strange. It's it's. It, well, it baffles me. So it's it's it, is it a buy low opportunity? Would you classify this as a buy low opportunity on Calvin Ridley? Well, you could definitely buy him lower than what you could have bought him for at the start of the season. There's there's no doubt about that. Like owners are disappointed with what they've had from Calvin Ridley so far, and I think the the Cordero Patterson thing is exactly what I was saying. There's a low A dot, so he's mm. like, well. Calvin Ridley runs great routes and separates. That's why he's a fantastic player. So if I'm just tossing the ball immediately, I'm not giving him a chance to beat his his player. So I'll throw it to Cordero Patterson because when he gets the ball in his hands, he's quick and shifty. And that's that's the kind of player that's going to excel in that. And so you're just looking at Kyle Pitts and, and Calvin Ridley who are these great targets and they don't want to throw the ball. It's so bizarre. I don't understand it. Yep, I don't understand it either. Uh, but you know what? I'm sure you know if the if the coaching is a little bit smarter, they'll they'll figure it out and, and turn things around. I mean, Matt Ryan's shown that he can put up some points with with these kind of players. So, uh, Peter, any any comments on Ridley or Deontay Johnson here, mate? Oh, when we talked about the buy opportunity, it's probably a chance to buy, like Chris said, slightly lower. But I think it's sort of how much confidence you have in the Falcons organization and clarity going forward. Uh, do you think he could be just as good with a with a rookie quarterback that might not be the first guy taken off the board or a changing quarterback? I think it's something that's that sort of concern there for me. Um, the price tip probably isn't enough to um, for me to be really interested in, in taking a, taking that risk. I think if, if it's someone you have, if you have Ridley, it's definitely more of a hold uh, current mm. situation. You're not looking to move him. I think the chances is, as an owner are that you know he's not going to drop off a cliff but I don't think as a buyer I'm prepared to pay the you know close to what his current value is uh, to get him and I don't think anyone that's owning him is prepared to just you know drop the price on him to get rid of him Um, so that's probably why he's sort of going to sit in that hold region he's not destroying you either like no 10 points a week right 7 catches for 80 yards this week like it's it's fine Um, yeah and the touchdowns they will eventually start to fall his way you would think but um it's just a bit frustrating, right? Yeah, and there's a few players on the Cowboys as well that we could probably chuck in this segment. Um, 
Amari Cooper is probably still under 27 somehow. And um, <laughs> you also got CeeDee Lamb in there. And I think the same thing's sort of happening in Dallas right now where the passing volume or the passing in general is not what they're doing to get ahead anymore. And it's the same in the Falcons. And that's when, that's what you want in a wide receiver, one that's game script proof to an extent. So a lot of the reason that like Adam Thielen and um, bloody God. Help us out. <laughs> Jefferson, Justin <laughs> Jefferson are um, going so well or, and always go so well is that they come out, they throw the ball, they try to get, they try to score points quickly. And then if they fall the, behind garbage time, they just target Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen again. So it's like either way they're winning. Whereas at the moment, these teams, they want to run the ball and get ahead by running the ball. And then when they fall behind, they're too far behind and the teams just know they're going to throw it. So they're just covering the wide receivers and nothing's happening. And that's that's what's kind of hurting them at the moment. So I think the team's got to have balance or else, yeah, they're not going to be successful. And that's, what's, that's what you're seeing with the Falcons. Definitely. Uh, last thing we'll talk about with these these kind of middling age players is the Chase Evans James Connor combo. I uh, just wanted to bring this up because you know James Connor's run in four touchdowns in the last two weeks. So if you've got him, try and sell him immediately. <laughs> um, I don't see that being sustainable. And uh, Chase Evans actually looked really good last week, which was uh, a bit surprising to me. Um, being the Cardinals fan, I'm not a huge fan of Chase Edmonds in the in the backfield, but uh, he, he's done a bit of work in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'd be trying to move both of these guys for a more consistent piece. Um, I know it's a really high-scoring offense, um, but you know even with guys like Max Williams at tight end scoring touchdowns and putting up pretty decent yards, it's, it's going to be hard to predict these running backs. And you know uh, if you're the, the Chase Edmonds owner and you don't have James Conner, James Conner's vulturing the, vulturing the touchdowns. And then if you're the James Conner owner, it's going to be an inconsistent battle to try and figure out when they're going to do this. So I'm going to sell on both of these guys now um, just because it's probably their peak off, off good performances. Um, try and cash in on something that's a little bit more consistent. That's my thoughts on those two people. If you have anything else to add, speak now or forever hold your peace and we'll move no, on to the, to the old farts. Older, older farts. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, so some older players, uh, aka the vets, as, as Poyter has put here. Um, I'm just going to read out a list of, of players that um, there's some talk over at the moment as to whether they're uh, trending or ending. So let's 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 talk about DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods, Alan Robbins, and AJ Green, Emmanuel Sanders, and Brandon Cooks. Uh, how much or which one of those players are you trying to buy uh, right now? Yeah. To try and win a title, which one are you <laughs> to trying to buy? To try and win a title. Yep. Um, oh man, that's rough. I think Cooks probably. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Sanders is also a pretty good option. It's pretty it's pretty scary to spend a lot on Alan Robinson or Robert Woods or even Andre Hopkins, to be honest. Um, but, oh, yeah, if he if he does pay off, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get to Andre Hopkins. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I chucked him in here. I think there's going to be some people panicking over Hopkins' usage. Um, you know, like, last week, Against the Rams, it would have been Jalen Ramsey lined up against him. You can't expect him to perform perfectly against one of the best quarter, uh, cornerbacks in the world, right? In the world, goodness me, uh, in the NFL. Uh, but still, he... Which is he also was, the world. 
Yeah, well, yeah, apparently, yeah, world champions and whatnot, yeah. Uh, But still, you know, four targets, seven receptions, 67 yards, it's not exactly going to kill your week, but uh, it's not the kind of 23 points you you got from that, from him in the first week. seems to be a bit of a shift in this offense, and the targets aren't going his way. So do you see this as a good opportunity to buy low on Hopkins, Pete? Oh, I think so. But whenever a player doesn't put up points, it's always going to be a concern in that. Uh, The owner's mind i think if you can you could sell him someone that's you know put up a few more like I don't, i'm trying to think of someone that i might think of but like you know someone that's putting up consistent points week in week out prior might be the thing that they're looking for to to trade for or a wide receiver running back combo a pick whatever incorporated in that that's what you could look to get through for hopkins right now um and i think i'd be willing to buy i think the fact to how well this offense has scored points it's only a matter of time before they get to more you know, Hopkins starts to see a bit more reliability, and I think early on they've they've had the op- like teams have just sort of said, "Oh, we're not going to let you beat us with Hopkins. Um, we're going to uh, beat us with everyone else." And they're like, "Well, fine, we can do that." And now teams like <laughs> yeah, to be like, thing, right? teams are going to have to be like, "Oh, well, we can't not leave that other wide receiver with covered by a safety. We're going to have to, or we're going to have to take the two guys off Hopkins and have everyone spread." And they're going to find different ways to. Def- they're going to have to come and defend. Um, the Cardinals, which are in more of a, a man situation where everyone's sort of got a role, not no double teams, which will probably then be the, the opportunity that Hopkins needs for, for Kyler to go, well, I'm going to go to my, my dog wide receiver and, and throw it to D-Hop. Yeah, there was an opportunity this week, Phil, or not an opportunity, there was a play in the game this week where AJ Green just pretty much, his, his touchdown, if you watch his first touchdown, um, they kind of just let him roll until he <laughs> yeah. got to the, the safety and then he was just like, all right, well, I'm in a better position than you, I'm just going to score. So, yeah, it's um, I think defences are going to have to kind of respect the rest of the offence a little bit better than just focusing on Hopkins. AJ Green showed he's got a bit of juice. Christian Kirk shown he can put up big numbers. Rondell Moore's there doing things. The running backs are still working well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a buy low on Hopkins. This is definitely the cheapest you'll get him in the next couple of years. Um, his time will come. Uh, Robert Woods is one that, man, there's some panic over. Um, news came out today from McVeigh that we need to get Robert Woods the ball more. What do you? What is your? What is your thought process? We'll go with you first of all on Robert Woods. Uh, what's your thought process around him at the moment? Yeah, you think as the coach he could maybe just um, get the ball to Robert Woods more. Um, <laughs> I've never been a mass. Like I don't think I've ever had Robert Woods in any league that I've been in. Um, he's just a bit. I don't know. Everyone seems to say that he's reliable, but to me, he doesn't seem that reliable. I think he's going to have better games. Teams are going to start to hone in on Cooper Cup, but yeah, I just he's just a wide receiver too at the moment um, for their team, and that. You know, there's 31 other wide receiver ones ahead of him. So, yeah, that that pushes him down the rankings a bit. Uh, he's he's not going to be a target for me if I'm trying to win, even though he's cheap. I just don't really see it um, as a a winning move. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to get a gauge of what's uh, going on in, in the ring. Yeah, as a former Robert Woods owner um, and... <laughs> league winner with Robert Woods I do believe <laughs> he is a reliable player I think he's it, it, there's sort of this thing that some I've noticed happened there's like <laughs> Robert Woods doesn't come out and hit the season guns are blazing Cooper Cup does and then all of a sudden Cooper Cup doesn't finish the season strong and Robert Woods does uh, I think they'll find ways to get they don't need to find ways to get him the ball I think they've just found 
they're winning with it. They had been winning without it. And now they've lost the game. They're going to be like, oh, well, that script isn't working. We need to get him involved. I think the fear would be more that um, it doesn't suit the, the playing style of Matt Stafford to have him. But I, he doesn't quite have... He's not that big dog alpha receiver that Stafford's sort of had with like Golladay and Megatron type thing. And Cup fits the, the underneath sort of more elusive guy. Uh, but he's someone that if, if the price is right, I'm definitely prepared to take a shot on Robert Woods in that offense. Um, not prepared to pay too much of a premium for him given his age and uh, contract situation. But definitely something if I'm looking to win this year, he might be a player that I, I'm looking to buy. Uh, definitely due to... I think... One word I do he's he's consistent, but he he doesn't have he has but he's consistent with his targets normally, but he doesn't have that high end upside. But sometimes in your team, if you've got two other players that are high end upside, you need that guy that you can rely on to get your ten points uh guaranteed week in, week out. Alright, let's roll through the last few of these or just give me a one word answer. Buy, sell or hold. AJ Green. Sell. 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 Yep. Alan Robinson. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. Good. Okay, we're all agreeing. This is a bit boring. Uh, Brandon Cooks, bye. Bye. Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah, uh, indifferent. Hold. Hold. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Emmanuel I, Sanders. I'm going to say, oh, I think Sanders is a bye. Yeah, yeah okay. me too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, you want pieces in this offense. They're mm. going to score points. And I think Definitely. he's the cheapest, right? Like yep. just because of age, he's thirty-four, but also he's one of those guys that, I mean, he hasn't had too much of an injury problem in his career. He's still got a bit of pace. Like he looks to be bucking the trend a little bit. He, he is dangerous. He's been in high-power offenses and performed well. I think this really suits him. Um, and people that have him will be like, "Oh, I need to cash in on selling him." If you buy him for a price, he's going to be startable. He's Cole Beasley with upside. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, he's really in Stefan Diggs. Disappointing, but anyway. Yeah, um, pretty much he is Stefan Diggs. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that's um, a bunch of players that we, we think you can either make a move for or you can uh, you can sell or whatever you want to do with them. But uh, that's our opinions. Um, pushing towards the hour mark. We did have some trades go through. We might talk about them uh, next episode. We'll try and get a bunch of trades together and, and analyze a few. So if you've had any moves made in your league, it doesn't have to be you if you're listening. Just uh, hit us up with any trade that's going through and we can have a quick breakdown of it and uh, talk about all that kind of stuff. But uh, boys, anything else you want to bring up? Just quickly. No, I look forward to your uh, cider beer next week. <laughs> Can't wait for Carlton Draft Part 2. <laughs> all right, boys. Always a pleasure. We'll see you all next week. Ciao. Goodbye. I love that you finished with ciao. <laughs>